Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, this is Consuela, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Finding a Foothold. And for those out there who are new to this podcast, I want to say thank you. Thank you for finding us, and we hope that we can share some insight into your life about how to provide care that your loved one may need. And just to tell you a little bit about the podcast, we are here to give you information on the how to provide the care. So as an occupational therapist, I have had the opportunity to work with clients that have had various illnesses or debilitations or injuries, working on regaining their strength and balance and endurance and also teaching family members how to provide the care that's needed where to step in to help and where to just stand by and be ready for assistance when needed and just how to really shape the environment, the setting where you're in to allow for them to function as safely and independently as possible. So here on this podcast, we give you the opportunity to call in and tell us what is that problem that you're having? Because I know there are many new caregivers out there. So many step into the role of caregiver. Suddenly there is no preparation no instruction manual that can really tell you the ins and out of the day. And sometimes there are just questions that you need answered. And I want this to be a platform where you can start to just share your concern and and tell us that struggle you're having. And we'll give you some information that you can apply to your situation and it can make your day go so much easier. Okay, so we're going to jump right into a couple of calls that have come in for this week. Okay, now caller number one. Caller number one is Anne. Anne is calling in from Louisiana, and she has a major concern about her mom. Anne lives close to her mom. She lives about a mile away from her mom, and her mom has been quite independent before. She lived by herself and was driving, but suddenly had a mild stroke. And now Anne, who is retired, is able to now spend more time with her mom and help her to do those things that she's struggling to do. So this is Anne's main concern is, she says, it is so hard to help mom get in and out of bed in the morning. And she insists on doing things one way when I feel like they are very hard to do and that she may fall or we may both fall together as mom is trying to instruct me on the right way to do things when I feel that there is a better way. What are some suggestions that I can use to make getting mom in and out of her bed easier? Her mom did receive home health therapy. The therapist made a lot of suggestions on things that mom should do to make her house easier to get around in, but my mom refuses to do 
anything because she says she'll be through with the wheelchair and walking again soon. So she didn't want to change anything. And I really need some help in knowing what I should do now. Okay, well, thanks for the call, Anne. And I'm so glad you're there to take care of mom. And I am wishing her a speedy recovery. And I am so excited that she is at home now and able to assist somewhat with her transfers in and out of bed. Okay, and um, what I'm seeing now is mom not wanting to lose her independence. And I see that a lot with Patients who were once independent and able to do a lot for themselves, to do everything for themselves, to suddenly rely on someone else, it's quite a transition. It's a hard thing. It takes some time for them to adjust to the fact that they are not independent and that they do need help. And it's unfortunate that she did not take the advantage of having a therapist there and making the changes that were recommended so that they can see if they were really working and if they needed to tweak things. And that guidance from having a therapist is just invaluable. And it's quite unfortunate she didn't take advantage of that by making the changes that they had recommended. But it's not too late. Daughter, if you were there and you know the changes that were recommended, those are the things I want you to continue to encourage your mom to make. It's a hard thing, but it's definitely a, a, a needed thing that needs to occur is for her to make the changes in the home that go, that are going to allow her to maneuver the wheelchair in the home, to be able to get close enough to the bed, and that the bed is the correct height, and that she has the right angle of the wheelchair to the bed and that she's exiting the wheelchair from her strongest side. All of those things can easily improve someone's functional ability. If you can get in and out of the bed by yourself and maneuver through your home, that's half the problem. I mean, most of the battle is done because then if you're doing those transfers, then you can likely be able to transfer those same principles into getting on and off the toilet and just other areas of the house. The first thing it starts with is just being able to leave the bed and go back to bed safely. So... It can be a hard one when mom is just not listening. And what can happen is then you get another injury because she falls and she could end up even with a fracture. And then you've got a major problem because then you're dealing with an orthopedic issue on top of the neurological things that have to happen because the damage in the brain from the stroke. So I would encourage you to emphasize to mom that these are just temporary changes. Making room next to the bed so the wheelchair can get right close to the bed. Making sure the height of the bed is correct. Making sure she's using those strategies that were taught to her by the therapist. And look, and just set some guidelines. Say, mom, let's just try this for a month. Let's just try this for two months so that we can help you to get stronger so that you can start to then, because you know, the, the process would be to go from a wheelchair to a walker, then if needed a cane, and then you're independent. It's very unlikely that she's going to go from, oh, I'm in a wheelchair to I'm walking independently. It typically doesn't happen that quickly, but it can. But until then, I would just really encourage you to set some limits to her in her mind. Give her some in some end points, some stops that you like, mom, we're going to push this over. We're going to remove this chair out of the way. We're going to make these changes while you're in the wheelchair. And let's see in a month if we still need to 
leave things like they are, you know, if we need to put them back the way they were and maybe letting her know that things are not permanently moved. And it's just something you want to suggest. And that's what I want to encourage you to do to just, just continue them as suggestions. Yeah, that's where I would start with mom. I'm glad you've got the good foundation from a therapist on what needs to be done in the home, what recommendations were, were made, that your mom understands those recommendations and you understand them. Now it's a matter of choosing to comply with those. And, and that's nobody can make her do that. She has to make that decision. So the thing that you have to do is help her by gently showing her the reasons why it is a necessary thing that she do make some of the changes at least in the home. And what I want to also add right now uh, is that if she's finished home, home health therapy, that you now consider taking her to outpatient. If the therapist recommended the outpatient therapy that I really want to recommend that you follow through with that. Uh, home health has its limitations and it is just to get you there, to get you safe, to make you functional, to be able to do those very basic things while you're in that initial recovery process in the home and the home environment is, it just helps you with that initial transition back to home. But home health often is not enough if you're still left with deficits and you really need to get stronger so that you can make those long-term goals. You can reach those long-term goals, which include getting out of the wheelchair and getting back to independent living. Then I want to suggest that outpatient therapy be considered. Okay. Well, thank you for the call and I really appreciate it. And I hope your mom continues to get stronger and I wish y'all both luck and I hope to see that things get easier for both of you all. Take care and thank you again, Ann. Bye-bye. And our second call is from Connie. Hello, Connie. Thank you for calling in. We appreciate the call. And this is Connie's question. Is there an easy way to get someone in and out of the car who recently had a knee surgery. I have to take my mom back and forth to physical therapy and I am wondering how do I safely get her in and out of the car. If you have any suggestions, I would appreciate it. Okay, thank you Connie for the call. Uh, this is a really tricky one. Very hard to give you a lot of input on this one when I don't quite know enough information and not knowing what other, th other things are to be factored into the question. But the main thing I want to s emphasize is uh, making sure that there is enough room where if she's getting into the car, she has enough room to position the leg correctly, not knowing how much knee flexion that she has after the knee surgery. She may not have enough room to bend the knee in far enough to easily get in the car without causing some pain. So the things you want to look for with any Per assisting anyone with into a car who needs help is there, there are disadvantages and advantages to a tall car and a short car. Let's start by saying the bigger cars, the SUVs, they are more difficult to transfer into. And you, all cars, the handles, the pull bars, all the things that you can grab onto and get it into a car are 
just different in different locations. Some of them are to the front. Some of them are overhead at the top roof of the car. Some of them have little pull handles on the door that they hold on to when they're standing and trying to get into the car. So I, w- I wouldn't wait until the last minute. I would definitely try to recruit another person if you are just not certain if you all can get into the car. And with two people there, then it just makes it a, a safer task to do. But if it's a tall car and she's not quite that tall, getting up high enough to get onto the seat is always the trickiest part of a car transfer. It's just difficult. And if you're putting in something to step on, to get higher, to get into the car easier, it's just puts in an element of danger where you can fall. So I can't suggest that if it's too tall that she step on something because I just don't know if that's a safe option. But putting someone in a low car is always easier. You can get them seated and just making sure the seat is all the way pushed back where her leg can comfortably get in without having to push the knee too hard to bend the knee too hard to get in. Now you may have an issue when it's time to get up because if a car is low, then they need a little bit help to get out of the car. And that's an easier thing to do where you can provide some assistance. And maybe if you have a gate belt also, you can, it can give you a little something to hold on to. So I would opt for a lower car versus a higher one, just because a lower car is easier to get in, but just make note that it's going to be harder, more difficult to get up out of a low car. Whereas if you were in a high car, getting out of it becomes the easy thing to do. But I just don't think it's worth the risk of trying to step up and into a car. And it definitely, you have to factor in which knee also. The knee that leads into the car, if that's the operated knee, then that's just more difficult. Uh, It's always easier if the, it is the right knee that's been done and she's getting in on the passenger side. So a lot of unknown factors. So bottom line is, you know, just a lot of other factors. How stable is the other knee? All of those things have to be factored into the equation. The good thing is you're going to a place where they can teach you that. So if you make it there the first day and you tell them what your concerns are, they can assist you with all of the subsequent visits. So definitely, Connie, I would talk to the therapist so that they can save some time in their first treatment session to go out to the car and work on the car transfers. So I would definitely encourage you to practice the day before the visit and make sure you have the correct technique and that you have the adequate help. Just making sure more than two people are there and do the best you can getting there and make sure they teach you how to do it for the subsequent trips to therapy and it should get easier. So look, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in and good luck on the therapy. I hope that she gets all the range of motion and she's rid of the pain in the knee and that things are going to go well for her. Thank you so much for taking care of mom and uh, you have a good day. Okay, so that concludes this episode of Finding a Foothold. And I just want to add that there are so many unique situations out there. And there are so many factors that can determine what the most appropriate response to your question is. And and some of y'all just have these unique situations that require a little bit more information. And that's where I want to take this time to just uh, highlight the consulting service that is available. 
located on the website at findingafoothold.com is our consult page. And it gives you an opportunity to contact me directly and set up a free 15-minute consult session where you get to tell me a little bit more in depth about the struggle that you're having, and we'll get a chance to discuss some options that could be available with a more comprehensive approach to your situation by you subsequently giving me uh, some videos of your environment where I can make recommendations to your setting, letting me meet your loved one and maybe coming up with some feedback from them on what they find important, if that's something you would like to do, or be just getting to know more in more depth what is the struggle that you're having. And then together we can come up with some strategies and some equipment recommendations, some changes in the environment, just a lot of different things that can be done to help make caregiving easier. Visit the Finding a Foothold website and check out the consult page. So look, I really appreciate uh, everyone who tuned in today and I look forward to you again on next week and I wish you all well and you all have a good week and I'll see you again next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Finding a Foothold podcast. I hope you found information helpful for your situation and you're beginning to envision yourself as a successful caregiver. Remember, you cannot do this alone. So if you have a question to ask or a word of encouragement for another caregiver, I encourage you to call in by visiting the findingafoothold.com website and using the call-in button. You can find this podcast on our website and on all the major podcast streaming sites. We also ask that you share our podcast with others who are also navigating this challenging caregiving journey. Join us again next time. Finding a Foothold Care is about how you give care.